You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. We're talking about love and war. We're talking about relationships, and I don't know if we can talk about relationships enough. Like, I'm still learning. Like, I learned... You can't bleach your hair without first telling your wife. I'm learning. Fellas, I know we like to revel and uh, enjoy other people's uh, failures and mistakes. So I'm trying to help you. I'm trying to teach you. Don't do it. Don't video it. If you don't know what I'm talking about, go on Instagram. It would be really funny for you. <laughs> Wives, you can point to your husband and say, don't do that. Don't do it. So I'm still learning. We're still learning. We're still doing this thing. Um, I heard uh, this, this man of faith say, no life success can make up for a failure at home. Doesn't matter how successful you are in the marketplace. Doesn't matter how much money, if you, if you fail at home, you lose everything. So that's why we try to deal with relationships. We try to talk about, you know, uh, Pastor Sterling did a great message on friendships and what that means. And we're talking about, you know, Valentine's Day and uh, marriages and girlfriends and boyfriends and how to treat each other. And all that kind of stuff is, is so important. Um, another great man said the perfect couple would be a blind wife and a deaf husband. I think that might be in the Bible. The man wouldn't need to worry about what he looked like, and the woman wouldn't need to worry about how much she talked. So life is about relationships. Life is about relationships, but relationships aren't easy, and relationships aren't safe. Who wants to live a safe life? I don't want to live a safe life. I want to live a faith life. Safe life will eventually be a boring life lame life. So we live by faith, not by safe. Safe is uh, being protected uh, from or not exposed to danger or risk. Uh, That sounds not fun. There's a little bit of fun when we're exposed to danger, like when we're rock climbing, Sterling, doing stuff like that. Uh, when When you take a step of faith, when you risk something, when there's a small chance you could get really hurt or possibly die. I remember when we, when we were young in our marriage, and uh, one of the things I love about my wife is she's adventurous. She likes to go on adventures. She, uh, she likes to, uh, like, like, protect and, and, and like, um, play with critters and crabs and weird stuff. She's from Oregon. So... Uh, she, she likes to, we, were, we, we just went on the most epic vacation of all time, and then I tried to ruin it yesterday by bleaching my hair, but now we're, we're coming back, and, uh, and she was like teaching all of these kids about these crabs, she would find things, she was, I mean, she's just adventurous. We go into this little tiki bar area at this remote beach in St. John, and there's this chicken, um, you know, squawking, and so she goes over to the chicken and lifts up the chicken and squeezes out four eggs from a chicken just 
free-range chicken, organic, I'm sure. And then she cooked the, the eggs for us. And we, she's just adventurous. And I love that about her. I love getting her outside and, and doing things. I like playing volleyball. So when we were young in our marriage, I remember we were in, we were in Lake Tahoe. And uh, we're, I think we were at Heavenly. Ski, I was snowboarding. She's a skier. And so we're at, we're at Heavenly, and we come up to this double black diamond. Double black diamond. And it wasn't, it wasn't a safe run at all. The, the, the run was this. It was straight down, and there was moguls, you know, like as, as high as us. To the point where when you, run, when you come up to the, to the run, there was yellow tape saying caution, experts only, danger. There was a guy there saying, hey, you know, if you're not. And so we roll up there. We're like, hmm. <laughs> this is unsafe. <laughs> but we're going to go for it. And so my friend goes down first and eats it in about two seconds. Falls on his face. And the guy standing there goes, I hope you guys are better than him. <laughs> so, yeah, and we're like, we're way better than him. We go down in two seconds and eat it, and we just get crushed all the way down the mountain. It was unsafe, but it was fun. It was adventurous. We have a story about it. We didn't break our legs. We didn't die. We're still here. And uh, relationships are supposed to be a little bit unsafe. It's not safe to ask somebody out not knowing if they're going to say yes. That's not a safe thing to do. That's dangerous. It's not safe to propose on a stage in front of 600 people with a ring, Miss Myra and Jesus on Sunday got engaged on live stream. We were watching it from St. Thomas. It was amazing. Um, that's not safe. That's risky. I'm pretty sure you knew she was going to say yes, though, right? Had a good. It's not safe falling in love and giving your heart to somebody not knowing if it could be broken. It's not safe when your heart does get broken to go back and do it again. Relationships aren't safe, but relationships are worth it. It is worth it. The title of this message that I'm going to run through very fast is called Unsafe Travels unsafe travels. We just went on the most epic vacation of all time, and it was a, a, a vacation in the U.S. Virgin Islands that we went, my wife and I, with uh, pastors Mike and Katie Yeager from South Campus, and it was unsafe because um, I've never sailed before, and we were on a sailboat, a 40-foot sailboat for a week. We were living on the boat. We were, we were sleeping on the boat. We were uh, attacking the open seas, and we literally put all of our trust in Pastor Mike because we heard he can sail. <laughs> we didn't ask. I didn't see his qualifications. I've never been on a boat with him before. And we just went 12 hours away and said, Mike, what do we do now? You know, our life is in your hands. It was unsafe. It was risky. But we don't walk by safe. We walk by, by faith. And so we go into this, this uh the U.S. Virgin Islands, and we're traveling around, you know, the most beautiful place I've ever been to, the most beautiful beaches I've ever seen. But it was amazing because we had to go through storms, we had to go through wind, we had to go through waves, and, and we learned a lot that I'm probably not going to be able to tell you tonight. But one of the things that, that, that we learned was we're the, right when we started, and, and this was speaking to me, everything was speaking to me while we were there, but right when we started, there was a, a storm that came, 
and there was it was it was pouring down rain. There were swells five to seven feet, and and but we were there to go sail. We were there to go explore. So even though it was raining, we took off to St. John to Mayho Bay to basically tie up to a, a mooring ball, which is like a like a buoy that holds you in place, and enjoy the most epic vacation of all time. So despite the five to seven foot waves and the pouring down rain, wind from 20 knots with gusts of like 30 to 35 knots coming at us, we just went. And as we're, we're going on this adventure, I'm looking at Mike, and I'm like looking at his face, his mannerisms, wondering if this is a big deal. Is this normal, Mike? And because he didn't, like, he didn't even frown, he didn't go, he didn't go, he, I was like, okay, this is good. This is normal. So my wife and I were like, yeah, let's charge Mayo Bay. This is amazing. You know, water's filling the boat. We're like scooping the, and we're just going for it because I could trust him. I could trust him. So I would just look at Mike to see if we're okay. And we ended up making it all the way to Mayho Bay. But it, but it was rough. But, but what I learned is that uh, uh, relationships can be very, very stormy. So there, there's all these things about relationships. So, so we're going in this, in this storm. And it reminded me of my wife and I when we first got together. And we're literally on the uh, downtown San Diego. And the storm began to hit. We weren't even married yet. It was, we were about a week away from getting married. And the rains came and the wind came, and the waves came. We were standing in front of her, in front of the Hall of Justice. Um, she was a probation officer, and back then, if you've ever heard her preach, you may have heard her say that she had insecurities. She calls herself that she was psycho. I don't know if I'd go that far. I'll let her say that, but I'm not going to say that. <laughs> See, I'm learning, I'm learning, I'm learning, I'm learning. So we're going at it because I'm like, I, I, she was insecure, but I was stupid. So, so we're, we're fighting because I, I grew up with friends and with team and in locker rooms and dudes and none of them were Christian. And so I'm like, babe, I'm going to go up. You know, my friend just made it to the big leagues. We're going to go up. I'm going to go up with these six friends that aren't Christians that have no, you know, uh, no regard for anything, girls drinking, anything, and we're going to go have a weekend, we're going to party, we're going to cheer, it's going to be great. She's like, you're not going to do that, you're going to get married. Like, you can't do that when you're married, like, you have to, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're accountable to me now, you can't just go party with your friends in L.A. for the weekend, and da 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 and, and I'm like, yes, I can, that's what I do, like, I'm a guy, I'm, I'm like, I'm a baseball guy, like, I'm a sports guy, I'm a team guy, and so she's like, you're not going to do that. And I'm like, yes, I am going to do that. She's like, you're not going to do that. I'm not going to marry you. And I'm like, well, I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't get married. And we're a week away from getting married. We're a week away. Invitations are out. 170 people said they're coming. What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? What do I do? I called my uncle, who had done some counseling with us before. And I looked at him in the eye, and I said, is it going to be okay? I said, you need to talk to my wife. And you need to talk to me, and you need to help us. Should we go through with this? Should we still get married? In other words, just like I was, had to look at Mike to see if everything's going to be okay, I needed someone I could trust in my life that I could look at and say, is this going to be okay? Are we going to make this? You need to have somebody in your life that you can trust 
The Bible says in Proverbs eleven fourteen, where there is no counsel, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. And there are so many scriptures about getting around people. You need somebody in your life that you can trust and look to when you hit the hard times. I remember telling my wife when we got to this church, there is no reason to have a lame marriage here. There's so many amazing people, look around, that you can ask counsel for, that you can... Uh, that you can model their marriage with your marriage, your relationship with their relationship, their friendship with your friendship. There is no reason why our marriage shouldn't be epic. And so I remember talking to somebody early on, and they said, one of the things that we did uh, for the last 20 years, and they were a married couple, uh, is we'd go on vacation for seven days at least by ourselves. And uh, that was something that was on my wife and I's heart, and we have done that for the last 17 years um, every single year we go on a vacation by ourselves for, you know, at least seven days. If there's years where we can, it's like a three-day and a four-day or whatever. We, we, we get away usually more than a week uh, in a year. And every time we go away, it's like I fall back in love and more in love with, with my wife. It was the most amazing time we got to reconnect in the middle of nowhere in a stormy, adventurous sea uh, together. And so one of the things I would encourage you to do is find somebody in your life that you can trust and see if things are okay when you're going through something. And, and, and also go on vacation for at least a week every single year. Without the kids. Yeah, without the kids. That's called a family outing. That's not a vacation. Uh, second thing is you need to, uh, on day five of our vacation, and I'm, I'm moving quickly, day five of our vacation, we had to sail around the whole south side of St. John to get back to St. Thomas, which is where we were going. Uh, we, had just, we had just slept in a place called Princess Bay, and we sailed to the open seas, and then we had to motor all the way across maybe about an hour to get to where we were going to go. Little did we know, um, because like I said, we just sort of just went for it, um, that there was going to be uh, seven to ten foot swells on the way to St. John. And so as we, as we, as we come around, uh, the waves are maybe, you know, up to 10 feet, and Mike's advice to me was, hold on. <laughs> hold on. And I'm like, okay. We're looking at him, and I'm holding on, and we're going over 10-foot 10 foot, 10 foot waves, and it's at our back, and we're rocking, and we're rolling, and I'm holding on. And at one point, I lost concentration and literally fell, but I was still holding on. So that I could get back up. I didn't fall off the boat. I didn't die. I didn't ruin my life. It, it was okay. Uh, but but I, was, I was holding on. And, and in, in this life, in these relationships, in your relationship, sometimes success is just holding on. Even if you fall down, you can get back up as long as you're holding on. Sometimes that's success. You're not always crushing it in your marriage. Yesterday... I wasn't crushing it in my marriage. But if you can hold on, you may fall, but you can get up. 1 Corinthians 13, 7, love never gives up. It never loses faith. It's always hopeful. It endures through every circumstance. Love never fails. Sometimes you just got to hold on. Get back up. Do it again. Show up again. Say you love her again. Say you love him again. Say you appreciate him again. Say you love her again. Sometimes you just got to get back up. Next thing I learned is that when you sail, you actually use 
the contrary winds to propel you forward. So when you're sailing down the water, you need to adjust your sails to the point where the the wind kind of goes on this side of it and on this side of the sail, and it actually propels the boat forward. It creates momentum forward. The same principle is when you're when you're flying in a plane and the the plane is taking off and the wind goes over the wings and under the wings and it causes momentum and even lift. So you're actually using the wind that is coming at you as a means to propel you forward. So don't despise the wind. Don't despise the storm. Use it to your advantage. Use it to create momentum and speed in your life and in your relationship. I remember one of the biggest revelations I ever had in our marriage, and I've shared this years ago, is when uh, my wife, like I said, had insecurities. And so we would, uh, and I had stupidity. And so we would fight each other, not fight the insecurities. The Bible says our, we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And so I'll never forget that God spoke to me on the five freeway coming on the on-ramp moving, going eight west about my wife because we had been fighting and we keep going in this circle in this circle and we've been holding on but you can't hold on forever sometimes you just got to adjust the sails a little bit and use that wind use that contrary wind to your advantage so god gave me a revelation to wrap her in grace and then fight that thing that is making her insecure and i realized that her past wasn't her fault it wasn't her fault that her dad got divorced and left everyone it wasn't her fault that she got into relationships that were abusive. It wasn't her fault for all the trauma that happened to her that she didn't cause. It wasn't her fault that all of these things happened. And the result of it was how she was feeling and she had trust issues with me. And so I remember coming on that that on-ramp and I remember grabbing her leg and saying, babe, I'm so proud of you for where you are today based on what's happened to you in the past. You're a woman of God. You're a great wife. You'd be an amazing mom. And I was so proud of her. And at that moment, I realized instead of fighting the wind, I needed to just make an adjustment and use that wind to my advantage to propel our relationship forward. So instead of fighting the insecurities, instead of fighting her about the insecurities, we began to fight the insecurities together with each other. It was just a slight adjustment, but it took our relationship to the, to the next level. So don't despise this storm. Hold on. Make some adjustments because you can't hold on forever and let it propel your, your marriage and your life to the next level. The last one I learned is that when you're in a boat and there is waves coming, you want to attack the sea straight, straight on. You want to attack the waves straight on and split the waves. You don't want to go sideways because then your boat's going to rock. And it's more dangerous. You could flip over. You could fall out. You want to go right at it. So you're going up and down like this, but you're going right through the waves. The best way to attack big waves is to go right through it. One of the biggest issues in our marriage is the fact that we sometimes lack communication on things that are annoying us and so we're really good at not yelling at each other out loud but we're really bad at keeping things in and not talking about them sometimes and so whenever we go through a a long period of time we're not talking about things 
little annoyances like me leaving my underwear in the middle of the room become like divorceable infractions because <laughs> we haven't talked about anything for months. So one of the things that we developed a long time ago, we called them checkups, and it was when we would put our kids to bed at night, and then we would just check up on each other, like, how we doing? Hey, this thing you did yesterday was, mm-mm, shouldn't have bleached your hair. <laughs> no. So we would, we would, we would do, these, do, these, do these checkups, not on date nights, but on nights that were actually planned to talk and give yourself permission to bring things up without getting offended, and all, and all of those things. So instead of hiding the issues, we would talk about the issues and we would take them head on and, uh, and be able to get through them. And that was actually the best way that we could get through it. So even today, I personally, more than her, struggle with that. I don't always like to rock the boat. I'd rather just like go to bed and then wake up and everything's better, <laughs> you know? But that's not good. That's not good. You need to take them, you need to take issues head on. James 1, 2 says, consider it pure joy. We all know this one. My brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing of your faith produces perseverance, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So take on that issue head on. Talk about it. Be big enough to talk about it. This could happen in your friendships, your relationships, your marriage, whatever, your, with your parents, with your kids. Like take on the issues head on before leaving your underwear on the floor becomes a divorceable offense. So we're coming to a close, and I, let's all let's all stand. Let's all stand. I'm going to ask the ministry team to come up, and you guys can come up right now. And the worship team is going to sing a couple of songs, and I want you to think to yourself: What are the things that I haven't been dealing with in my life that I can take on head on right now? What can I attack in my life right now to get rid of things? And I'm talking about things like pornography, unforgiveness, soul ties. Maybe you've had premarital sex and the Bible says that the two become one and so you have a piece of somebody else in your life and you're wondering why your relationships aren't working and you're wondering why you have uh, thoughts and visions in your mind of previous relationships. It's called a soul tie, and that thing can be broken and loose tonight, and, and God can redeem it. God can redeem it. If you're stuck doing something, if you keep coming around the same thing, maybe you have shame or guilt for things you've done in previous relationships or things you've done in your current relationship and you can't get over because what the devil does is he minimizes the sin and then he maximizes the consequences. So he'll say, this isn't going to be a big deal. And then he will pile on and you'll, you'll feel shame. I, I have regrets in my life. A lot of people say, I don't have any regrets. I have regrets. I didn't treat people the right way before I got married. I had a previous life. I had a BC before Christ. And I, and I, and I had to deal with shame. I had to deal with guilt thinking about you know previous relationships and you know how things went and if I could just talk to them now and say sorry you know so you gotta you gotta there's things that you gotta deal with maybe you're suffering with unforgiveness maybe something happened in your relationship and you can't seem to forgive I want you to I want you to deal with it head on tonight 
and these ministers up here have the power to set you free in the name of Jesus by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so take it on head on. I'm not going to make you raise your hand and ask you what you're dealing with, but I would say tell these people it's a safe place and let's not leave this the same way. Let's, let's get back to that Adam and Eve perfect three-strand cord. We're connected with each other and we're connected with Christ. Amen? Amen. And if you, uh, I am going to end the service so you can get your kids, um, but if you need ministry, I would say come up now while the worship team sings and get set free. Let me just pray for you and then you can come up. Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit to set people free. I come against addiction. I come against pornography. I come against unforgiveness. I come against sexual sin. I come against shame and guilt and fear. In the name of Jesus, I command you to release the people of God. I set you free tonight. Father, we thank you that Jesus died on a cross to set us free and whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Devil, you are bound in the name of Jesus and we command you now to release the people of God. Get off their lives in Jesus' name. We cast you, I command you to go to dry places in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for your grace, for your love, for your power, and I thank you for these awesome people. Father, we just say thank you for what you've done. Father, help us to have the most healthiest church in relationships to set San Diego on fire in this community and our city. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.